Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the MoneyWise Radio Show, brought to you by our friends at USA Wealth Group, who help make retirement better and actually show us how to protect our assets. Nobody better to do that than Ray Lance. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. Always a thrill to be sitting at least four feet away from you when we talk. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> With a microphone in between. <laughs> but it's always uh, terrific to be here on Sunday mornings. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be talking about some things relating to estate planning. If you have pets, does anybody listening have a pet cat or a pet dog that you might care about? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about some interesting security concerns in the world at the moment with your online uh, credit cards and online accounts that you do. We've had some major indications of uh, security breaches around the world, especially coming out of the country of Russia. We're going to be talking a little bit about the IRS. I had a very interesting call just two days ago at my house in the morning that I'll relate to you about this is the IRS calling for so-and-so. Oh, and boy. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a fraud and that's a scam. 99.9% oh, of the time. So don't take those calls and don't give out any information. And um, we're going to yeah. talk about digital security. What happens if you die and nobody knows your passwords to your accounts? And you do a lot of activity online. You pay your bills online. Uh, you've got credit cards that you access online. Wow. And you haven't put down anywhere else how somebody can access your information. So, Phil, and ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased this morning to have with us uh, two of our dear friends, and for a couple of particular reasons, we're here with Attorney Michael Coleman and Attorney Tenny Lance. Two of my favorites. And welcome to both of you. Good morning. Good to be here. Hello, Michael. Hi, Thank Tenny. Thank you so much. Hi there, everybody. Now, Hi, we won't, Phil. Hi. We won't be doing this every week, but we're doing this for a particular reason right now because mm -hmm. a number of the things that we're going to talk about today are very, very important for people to consider for protecting your family and protecting your money and protecting your assets. I'd also like to begin by just reminding you that this program, MoneyWise, is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group, and our mission is very straightforward and simple. We want to show you how to protect your family, first of all, and how to protect your money. And... Um, there are many, many things that we can do in that area. Let's just jump right in and talk a little bit about security concerns. Everybody has heard on the news recently, uh, just this past week, it's estimated that at least one billion accounts mm -hmm. have been compromised in all personal information, everything from social security numbers to credit card numbers to passwords and pins have been captured by a small group of people operating out of Russia. Now, it takes time sometimes for that information to be converted into theft from your accounts. But believe me when I tell you that cybersecurity is a serious, serious problem today. And so what do you do? We had something similar happen last fall between Thanksgiving and Christmas, if you might remember, with the Target stores and all of their credit card purchasers had their cards accessed or their information accessed about their cards. And the first thing that happened is that Target came out with a press release and said, well, they didn't get the PIN numbers. And then a few weeks later they said, oh, no, they did get the PIN numbers after all. 
Well, what I told people to do back then, and I've told many people since, is change your passcodes periodically. It's recommended that if you have passwords on your accounts, whether it's your credit card accounts or your bank accounts, I know it's a pain in the neck, but if you're going to do anything online, Mm -hmm. the recommendation is at least once a month, sit down, spend some time, go in and change all of your passwords because the information is simply not protected today. And what we were telling people to do at the time of the Target incident last year was, well, if you've used a debit card in particular, somebody could potentially have access to your bank account. Right. And if they have your PIN number, they could take all of your money out of your bank account. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I did, and I told many people to do, is I simply canceled my debit card and asked the bank to issue me another one. It only took about five days, and I had a brand new debit card with a new number on it, and I put a new password on it and so forth. The problem that we're looking at right now with this recent breach by this Russian group is it's much more extensive. It's, it's the largest breach of security that anyone has ever seen. And the news just seems to spill out at us daily, doesn't it? It's awful. There's a new breach here. There's a new breach there. And I want to tell you about one other one in just a moment. But here's what you need to think about doing. Um, This breach of this important data, it's not going to hit immediately, but it could happen 10 days from now, 100 days from now, a year from now. What these hackers will typically do is they'll bundle up packages of information and they'll sell it to the people who would then go and try to access your accounts. So maybe they'll say, well, what will you pay me for the state of Massachusetts, for example? So everybody should really consider this as a serious threat. We do have some consumer law protections if your card is used improperly, but you have to go through a lot of hassle. Why don't you simply protect yourself by changing your passcodes and uh, change your ID? Mm-hmm. And uh, do it as, as at least once a month if you can. So incident number two, which I thought was really ironic, there's a government, well, actually, it's a government contracting firm. There's a private firm. I think they're in Washington, D.C., and they're charged with doing background investigations on individuals who go to work for the government. That okay. sounds logical. So the government sure. has a contract with them. Mm-hmm. Well, they announced this past week also that their material has also been compromised. So anybody who has applied for a government job during certain time periods, and this company has all their background information, their social security, where did they work, what what kind of credit cards do they have, their credit reports. This company, whose job it is to investigate the backgrounds of people who are going to work for the government and then report to the government, uh, their material has also been hacked and is available. So... Guess what the response of the government has been to this? I'm waiting. They're going to simply suspend doing background investigations for a while (laughs) until they can solve this problem. So, (laughs) I mean, if you think about the the logic or the the lack of logic of this, all right, so we can't trust the data as being, you know, protected. So we'll simply stop doing background checks for a while. So, gosh. Yeah. I'm not sure how to answer that one. I do. Is it called voting? (laughs) It's Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's too too early to talk about violence, Phil. (laughs) So 
<laughs> Let me give you a couple of pieces of information about security. And this is an interesting quotation from our friend Winston Churchill. There is not much collective security in a flock of sheep on the way to the butcher. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I liked Winston Churchill. He, he had some interesting things to say. But security is a problem for everybody. And um, you need to think about how you protect yourself. And that's why we're pleased to have with us uh, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Michael Coleman this morning. Now, you folks are having some seminars coming up soon, aren't you? And you're going to be talking about protecting your state and protecting your family and protecting your assets. Um, Tenny, when are, when are these seminars coming up this coming week? Uh, these seminars, which are free to you, the public, um, will be taking place at three different times in the upcoming week. The first one is actually uh, has gone by. It was August 9th, that's uh, yesterday, and we had a very good attendance at that one. The next one will be on Tuesday evening at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven at 6.30. There is still space available for that. And then the one after that is uh, October, I'm sorry, August 14th, Thursday evening at 6.30, and that is back at our office on Fonts Corner Road, and I believe that there is availability at that, although that may be filling up. Uh, in any case, don't, uh, don't assume that there isn't any space, please. If you would be interested in coming, please call our office at 508-998-8800 and let us know if you would like to attend. And um, Mike, uh, do you know what some of the subjects are going to be that you folks are going to be talking about at the seminars? Yeah, we'll be talking about wills and trusts and different documents that you need for your estate planning needs. Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit about Medicaid and asset protection. Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit about estate taxes, which is a big issue. Okay, so if you are interested in learning about these subjects and if you haven't done proper estate planning or if you're not sure whether you've done proper estate planning, give them a call, ladies and gentlemen. Make a reservation um, and uh, they'd be happy to see you at the seminar. And you'll be passing out some information, I assume, at that seminar also, those seminars? We will. We always provide a little booklet um, that contains information on trusts and wills and uh, even some on Medicaid law. Um, that will be the end of each of the sessions, talking a bit about protecting your assets from the nursing home. You know, I want to come back to this question of security for just a moment. And um, I mentioned that I had somebody who called me at my house. I have my cell phone number. It's 7 o'clock in the morning just a couple of days ago. Wow. And said, my wife got a phone call uh, yesterday afternoon, and it said it was the IRS calling, and they were looking for this lady's name, and please call back at this number. And she did what most people do is you panic. I mean, people are afraid of the IRS typically, and this is how scamsters are using. And so my friend said, what do you think we should do? I said, first of all, the IRS doesn't call people like that. Good. Has she ever received any paperwork from the IRS recently that says that she owes money or owes taxes? No. Then if she doesn't owe any taxes, and particularly if she hasn't received any paperwork from the government, from the IRS... Mm -hmm. This is a scam call. Yeah. Somebody's trying to frighten you and frighten her into giving right. some information and maybe asking you to pay some taxes that you don't owe on a credit card or something mm -hmm. of that nature. 
If you get such a call, ladies and gentlemen, do one of two things. Uh, first of all, ask them to identify themselves. Say, are you from the IRS? And if they say yes, what is your IRS number? And then give me a number I can call back to the IRS because I'm going to call back and give, your, give them your number and make sure this is a, a real call. The IRS typically does not call, nor do they send emails. If you ever get an no. email from the IRS that says, please send us the following personal information no. because we they, think that they don't, you might owe some taxes. No, they don't use that. That's no. a scam. I actually yeah. use some other words when I talk to him. <laughs> and, and good. But he was talking to right. me because I know him fairly well, and his yeah. wife is in the background, and I said, it's a such-and-such such scam. Mm-hmm. And he's repeating the words back to her, and I can hear her in the background. So in any event, my friend actually called this number on behalf of his wife, and they said, are you such-and-such? And, such? and he said, no, I'm calling for her. Well, this is the IRS calling. I said, this is a scam. This is a don't take those calls if there is a legitimate reason for the IRS or a similar government agency to reach you. Yes. They're going to send you something in writing first. Did, did you uh, call the police with that number? No, I didn't do that yet, um, oh. but we're going to be doing that. This only yeah. happened two days ago, yep. literally. Yep. Uh, the other thing I was curious to do and, and is this. If anybody out there in, in the listening audience has received a similar call recently. Oh, we have. We've been getting inundated. Really? Okay. Yeah, we've been getting from inundated. From the IRS? No, from uh, folks who have uh, been approached the same way. Interesting. And uh, the IRS told us, A, it's a scam. B, they don't use emails. Or telephone calls. Or telephone calls. They only use the U.S. Postal Service, right. period. So if you should receive any other kind of message, it's phony. They don't so. send faxes. They don't nope. send emails. No, nope. no. Nope. They don't make phone calls. Nope. They don't send you text messages nope. on your cell phone. Nope. So report that information to the IRS. Report it to the local police department. Yeah. yeah. Let me know about it, and I'll be happy to give you information on how to report it. So use some common sense um, in all of these matters, and that's the operative word you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, common sense is genius dressed up in working clothes. <laughs> I like so, that. <laughs> it's sort of like if it sounds too good to be true, it oh is. Oh, my goodness. But if it sounds too bad to be true, it probably is also. Yeah. yeah. Please also be aware, everyone, and I, I assume you are, but uh, I can't tell you how much spam I get every day on our emails, whether it's the office email or my own personal email. In fact, one day last week, I got something from Staples with an attachment. And I said, I didn't ask Staples for anything. I'm going to put this into spam and get rid of it. A little bit later, one of our uh, clients called and said, did you get the uh, email that was sent through from Staples? Because that's where I had this material scanned and sent to you. Oh. (laughs) I said, no. It went into spam, uh-huh. but I, I was able to retrieve it. Okay. But nevertheless, do not ever open any attachment no. for any email that we, you are not familiar with. That's, that's a very right, good Tim. point. No, that's when right. in doubt, don't open it. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with it, don't open it. A lot of these, uh, when you click onto it, it will take information in your account. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, this, this Russian mafia deal is huge. Huge. That's serious. Wait until the actual economic repercussions oh of that hit. Oh, my gosh. Over $1.2 You know, We've been I've reporting on it. 
for years, people have been telling me to do online banking. Uh. I have resisted it and resisted it. I can't tell you how long it's been. Um, and I still do not do online banking. I write out my handy-dandy checks every um, mm-hmm. for every thing that I owe and send them by the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel very much more comfortable doing sure. that. Sure, She's an old-fashioned lady anyways, oh, well, but there's good. nothing wrong with that. Not nothing wrong at with that at all. all. You know, but in the area of security, one of the things that we have to be concerned about is, uh, Mike, I know that you've had situations in which somebody has died, one of your clients, and then the family goes to try to retrieve information and they can't access their computer files. Mm. It does happen, yeah. We have had that uh, situation happen in the very recent past and we've advised them that there are certain things that they can do to avoid that in the future um, or any of our clients can do to avoid that in the future. There are a couple of online services uh, that you can use if you're comfortable doing that. Okay. It's questionable. Uh, it's LegacyLocker.com is one of them. Then there's another website called DeathSwitch.com. Of course, if you're nervous about having your passwords saved online, then you're probably going to be nervous about using a website. These are protection, <laughs> though, protection websites? Yes. Yeah. And they will store your passwords, and they will um, be available upon your death. Legacy Lock, is it? L-O-C-K? Legacy Locker. Locker. L-O-C-K-E-R. And when you register, do you put down names? I have not actually been to the website, so I don't know the details, but... You know, uh, who can access information and all that. That would be interesting. you'd have to list. Yeah, yeah. Like a Mm -hmm. Well, we've seen a lot of advertisements also for um, LifeLock. Yeah. They advertise Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And they charge a fee for their services and then... I guess they must be playing the odds in some way because I'm not sure what they do to protect. I don't know enough about them, but I do know that they say that if your files are compromised and you're a LifeLock customer, they'll cover you up to $1 million. Right. So I suppose you can carry a $1 million liability insurance policy if you were a LifeLock and just pay out if you had to, I suppose. But I'm not sure if those are effective or not. So how do we protect ourselves? First of all, if you have a cell phone... um, and most people do, and you keep personal data on your cell phone, like I don't always remember my PIN number for my debit card. Sometimes I look it up, and uh, I keep it in my cell phone. But what I also do is I have a passcode on my cell phone. So if I lose my cell phone, which uh, thank goodness hasn't happened yet, Mm -hmm. then I have to punch in a four-digit code before that phone can be accessed. Right. If I thought my phone were stolen and I was concerned about somebody going through, what would it be, 10,000 numbers I guess you'd have to go through, 9999, to find the right combination of numbers. Um, But I suppose that could be done. Then you'd want to change accounts, notify people who have credit cards right away. One of the things I've often suggested people do is if you've got a bunch of credit cards, let's say you have six or eight or ten credit cards, Put them all down, upside down, on a photocopy machine and take a photocopy of them and keep it in a safe place in your house or some other safe place. And that way, if you ever lost your wallet, if your wallet or your purse were ever stolen, you would at least know these are the cards I need to notify right away. And you have it all in one spot. Mm-hmm. But online accounts are really uh, interesting. I have um, a gentleman that had done some uh, retirement annuity products with me and he passed away, and we didn't have all of his account numbers, but what I found out afterwards is he had two or three smaller accounts uh, 
that he didn't receive any paper mail form at all. He only dealt with them online. And we did not know the passcodes to find out how much money he had in the account. It took a while to get that straightened out. How, how do you get it straightened out? Well, the good news on him in particular was that he had a number of larger accounts where we did have all of the information. Mm. And because of that, the, lucky. the uh, investment organization was willing to provide the backup information. Mm-hmm. But without that kind of personal assistance, yeah. they would typically say, what, Tenny, go to probate court maybe? Maybe get a court order to access somebody's computer records? Well, at least that, yes, or maybe um, a higher, co- higher court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. So just think about the fact of how much information you have. Mm-hmm. It could even be photographs. Um, how does somebody access your laptop or your computer if you have all of the digital photos you've taken and nobody has your password? Another point that I'd, I'd make is that if you have a, a Facebook account or something like that uh, and something were to happen to you, that will continue to, to exist ah, after your death. Hadn't thought about that. No one. one has a password to that. They can't disable that account. and, and It's sort of else. an awkward situation. Oh my. Yeah, something else interesting about Facebook I always found was people put on Facebook all these odd bits of information. I'm going to be on vacation mm-hmm. next week, and I'll be away from, you know, no, you for never such do and that. such a time. Well, it why is. wouldn't that be an opportune time for somebody to come and break it, in? It, well, it is. right. So what you do is you go on vacation. When you come back, say, what a wonderful time I had on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the digital age is very interesting. Another, another thing I heard the other day that really kind of blew my mind was, Uh, A lot of people, like we, have little cameras on the top of our um, computers to do Skyping and and all those other kinds of back-and-forth photography. Those cameras can have access to what you're typing. Therefore, the material that you might type in as a password or message or anything. I thought that was just amazing. I've been told from several different sources the government can actually look through that camera and see what you're doing. I now have a little sticker that I keep over my camera on my computer. I took the camera off the one in our house. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We're going to be back in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. We're here this morning with attorney Michael Coleman and attorney Tenny Lance. Uh, We've been talking about some important security issues. Uh, Before we take our quick break, would either one of you want to just give the dates again for the next two seminars that you have coming up this week, Tuesday and Thursday? Sure, yeah, we have one on August 12th, 2014. That's at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven at 6.30 p.m. There's also one on August 14th at 6.30 p.m. at our Dartmouth office at 352 Fonts Corner Road. You can sign up for those by calling 508-998-8800 or a toll-free number 1-800-406-0100. And stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to be talking about how to protect your pet Cat, dog, snake, turtle, whatever it happens to be. We will be right back. Do you mind if we interrupt like that every once in a while? Am I messing you up? Oh, absolutely not. Sounds very, very good, very normal. We have a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, I know. All set? Yes. Welcome back to the Money Wise Radio Show brought to you by USA Wealth Group, helping to make retirement better. And uh, as you can tell from the first half of the program, folks, 
trying to protect your family, your assets, everything that is near and dear to you. And Ray, Tenny, and Michael, this has been a fabulous show. You know, Phil, I have such a good time when I have people like Tenny and Mike on that I forget to talk about what I'm doing sometimes. But what I do mostly at USA Wealth Group is help people with retirement planning, social security analysis, uh, planning on how to maximize retirement accounts, when should you take your distributions, how can you make more money, how can you leave more money. And then Mike and Tenny typically will work in the areas of how do you protect it. Right. But uh, give us a call at 508-998-8858 if we can help you with any of your retirement account issues. Phil, I'd like to start this half hour. We're going to be talking about something that's very important to everybody, and that's your pets. Absolutely. And They're family members. How do you protect your pets from an estate planning point of view? But I have to begin with a very important Greek quotation to see if you understand this quotation. The reason dogs have so many friends is because they wag their tails and not their tongues. <laughs> So for 10 points, yes. who is this famous Greek philosopher? That has to be Aristotle. No, it was actually the Greek philosopher Anonymous. Anonymous! <laughs> <laughs> he, was a, he was a great, great philosopher. He was the most famous philosopher of them all, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> so I got to stump Phil this morning with a quotation. But uh, there are lots of wonderful quotations about dogs and cats and so forth so there's a lady named mary bly who said dogs come when they're called cats take a message and get back to you <laughs> <laughs> if you have ever owned cats you know oh, that that's absolutely absolutely true and once in a while that's true for our buddy <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, cats are wonderful creatures. I have a few others that I'll sprinkle in here, but I want to give you one other by a very serious uh, statesman, Winston Churchill. Dogs look up to you. Cats look down on you. (laughs) Give me a pig. He just looks you in the eye and treats you as an equal. (laughs) Oh, what a wonderful man. Good old Winston. He was terrific. Well, let's talk about pets. Um, If you're listening, you have a dog or a cat or any other animal. We become very attached to our animals. It's, it's, um, for some people, especially if you don't have children, an animal is a very important person in your life. And I sure. use that word on purpose. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Tenny and Mike, you do pet trust and have pet trust language in your documents, don't you? Wow. Uh, if asked, we certainly include them in our trust, yes. Because people are very anxious if anything happens to them, will there be anyone and any money to pay for their care if, uh, if they should be gone. So yes, when asked by our clients, we certainly include language in our trust documents to protect pets. Interesting. Because you want to make sure that somebody's gonna be named to take care of them, I guess, right? Somebody named, um, or some entity like a charity of some type, um, somebody who will be able to afford to feed them for X numbers of years, bring them to the vet, make sure that they are properly walked and groomed and all those other sorts of things. Phil, did you ever hear the name Leona Helmsley? Oh, my gosh. The poor Leona Helmsley. (laughs) She had some interesting uh, nicknames. Um, Oh, yeah. But, uh, Mike, I know you've done some uh, research into Leona Helmsley. She was a a very wealthy lady. She and her husband, Harry, I think his name was, wasn't it? I don't know. Owned hotels in New York City. 
And she was not a very well-respected lady, but she did something very interesting when she died uh, in her trust. Yeah, Leona Helmsley died in 2007, and at the time she had a dog named Trouble. Great name. Uh, she left $12 million in trust for this dog. She did it through her will. It was an intervivos trust. Um, and what, what, what does intervivos mean? That means she created the trust during her lifetime, oh, okay. as opposed to a testamentary trust, which would be created through her will. All right. Um, fortunately, later on, some of the executors for her estate came and objected to this $12 million amount, and it was reduced to $2 million. But in the end, trouble got $2 million. So I guess trouble proved to be a lot of trouble, didn't they? Yes, that was a very controversial <laughs> issue so we talked about. <laughs> did she set aside money for his <laughs> annual care or grooming or food or, or yeah, what? Yeah, I think she had $100,000 in annual expenses for his care, 8000 for grooming, 1200 for food. I think there was also a security detail with trouble. A, a security, security detail? detail? <laughs> he had 20 to 30 threats on his uh, life and kidnapping. The dog did? The yeah. dog had threats on his life? He was very popular. Well, I guess so. So I guess it's okay to have a dog, just don't have a really rich dog. That's or, right. Or don't be one of the uh, people who leaves money to a dog, and oh. after the dog is gone, it's going to go to certain relatives. You'll have to keep an eye on those relatives, I guess. Can you imagine a dog being kidnapped for ransom? It's called mm. dog-napped. <laughs> it is, actually. <laughs> I just met with a lady yesterday who has two cats, ragdoll cats, very special cats, special to her, and she wanted to know how she could include provisions for them in any trust that we might do. And I said, yes, absolutely. She said, how much do you think that I should provide? I said, well, the best thing to do is to project uh, how many years you expect them to live Mm -hmm. and how much it costs to feed them, how much it costs to bring them to the vet. And then find what you think is a reasonable amount to leave for their care. Good, good answer. Hmm. Yep. You know, I want to come back to Leona Helmsley for a minute. Uh, she had the nickname called the Queen of Mean because what she did apparently in her, her estate plan is that she specifically excluded her grandchildren and she left money instead to her dog. Oh, I know. And what a nice lady. Oh. <laughs> you know, she, uh, she was also prosecuted for tax evasion. They had so much money that... Isn't she the lady that said only the little people pay taxes? Yes. I think she is. Yes. Well, she said that. That was quoted in court when she was prosecuted, and she served 18 months in federal prison for tax evasion. <laughs> so it doesn't pay. But um, So she did provide for her, her dog trouble, and um, I'm not sure who ended up taking care of the dog, but I guess somebody figured that out. Did the dog die a natural death? <laughs> he did. He was pretty sick, actually. I think he was blind, and so he required a lot oh, of care. Poor soul. Mm-hmm. But he did die naturally. Hmm. Well, and um, I think she also had special burial arrangements for him. So if, if you have a lot of money and you want to make any of those kinds of arrangements for your pets, you can. But I guess most people don't don't really do that. But it is possible, I guess, Tenny, that you could leave something in a trust, for example, to take care of a pet, take care of an animal. Oh, yes. That's what I was talking about. It's possible to include a special provision in your trust that leaves the name, if you have it, of someone to take care of the pet, somebody that you've already spoken with and made those arrangements with, mm-hmm. and money. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
And, okay. and are there any folks, uh, clients, who ask when the pet dies that you know it be either cremated or buried, or do they include? Do you include that in the? Uh, we include whatever is important to yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, we just sure. recently had to put um, a very favorite loving kitty to sleep. She was almost 20 years old. Oh, wow. And they asked us at the vet if we wanted uh, to receive her ashes. Yeah. Uh, that just seemed a little um, unpleasant, creepy to me. So, no, we didn't do that. But some people feel very strongly. I know their, yeah. their ashes can be made into mm-hmm. jewelry or other kinds yeah. of things. Jenny, I remember over in uh, Rochester, there was a place that was a chicken restaurant. And, and I think now there's a... Oh, there's a gas station there, Cumberland Farms or something like that. But uh, nearby there, there's a big pet there's cemetery, a pet isn't there? pet cemetery. It's Route 18. And it's huge. Yep. Yep. So hmm. if you want to have your pet buried in a special place, you can. Uh, most people don't. As Tenny mentioned, when we had a cat put down recently, um, the veterinarian uh, operation will take care of it. And typically it's right. cremated, and then they'll dispose of the, mm-hmm. the uh, remains. But although we're joking and talking about Leona Helmsley and the excess that she went through, leaving all the money for her dog, for many, many people it is a serious subject. So, um, Mike, do you have information that you could send to somebody if they were looking for more information on this topic? We do. We actually have a brochure on pet trusts. Uh, We can send that to you if you want to visit our website and send us an email. We could do it that way or call the office. If you want some more information about this, we could do that for you. Okay. And, Tenny, you also have something else, I think, that you use, um, which is a handout on taking care of pets after you're gone. Yes. Um, as people probably know, we're a member of the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, and that's a terrific organization that provides us with various kinds of brochures on various topics, and one of them is called To My Dog Lucky, I leave $10,000. So if you'd like to receive that brochure, please contact the office. We'd be happy to get it out to you. And Mm -hmm. uh, the phone number is 508-998-8800. Now, do you mention this in your seminar sometimes, that you can do pet trust language? We do. We have a slide. Oh, you do? Um, Yep. Okay. Is that the one that has um, Peter's dog on the front of it? Uh, the slide doesn't have Peter's dog, and we ought to change it to that, but we do a fictitious couple, the Joneses, so it's their dog, Lucky, that's mm. on the slide. Well, you have a great picture of um, Zoe, Peter's dog, and <laughs> Nathan together. I think you should make that into a slide. That would be very interesting. <laughs> Nathan is our grandson. and this, By the way, we have a, an office mascot, Zoe, and so if you are a dog <laughs> fan, you're welcome to come in and pet her. Yes. Now, I've never heard of uh, pet insurance before, but I guess pet insurance is something you can do also? Yes. um, I've heard some um, mixed reviews about pet insurance that often it is just not worth it unless you have uh, very unusual circumstances with your pet. But I don't know enough about it to make any any real decision about it. But, yes, we, we do mention that in the brochure. And I imagine that's something that you could get through a uh, veterinarian office. Yes. Well, I was interested to find out that um, dogs go to the vets uh, twice as often as cats do. I wonder why that's the case. 
Who knows? Are you an expert on dogs and cats? <laughs> no. <laughs> we have two new little kittens, and <sighs> I may be an expert by the time they <laughs> grow up and don't tear my curtains up anymore. Yeah, things that go bump in the night, and yeah. they certainly do. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm glad to know that you uh, have uh, information on pet trust, because I think that's important. Now, it was said once that a dog is the only thing on earth that loves you more than he loves yourself. <laughs> and um, so there's some great quotations we have. I want to give you one other one before I lose this one. The trouble with a kitten is that eventually it becomes a cat. There was actually a poem by Ogden Nash. And I have to give you a couple of others because I think this is just appropriate to do. This is Mark Twain. If man could be crossed with a cat, it would improve man, but it would deteriorate the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, that is beautiful. And uh, Mark Twain was great. Uh, There was some interesting uh, stories on television recently about him on public television. Mark Twain also wrote, if you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. This is the principal difference between a dog and a man. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And then I'm going to give you just one more because I think these are just too precious. Harry Truman, uh, dear friend Harry Truman, said, My favorite animal is the mule. He has a lot more horse sense than a horse. He knows when to stop eating, and he knows when to stop working. (laughs) Quotes from from the famous. We don't have any quotes from... Leona Helmsley, except for the fact that only the little people pay oh. taxes. <laughs> well, we, we certainly are a pet-friendly office. Um, Mike has a dog. Logan. Mm-hmm. A beautiful Springer Spaniel? No, a Brittany. I always get oh. that wrong. I'm sorry. Yep. Nice. Second, second Brittany we've had, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to tell me how Logan got his name. Logan Her. flew here Her from name. Missouri. Okay. And landed in Logan Airport. So we figured that was appropriate. Terrific. I guess you could have called her airborne or on time or something, too. I like Logan. Logan's Logan's a good name. And is is Logan trained? She's being trained, actually. We have uh, classes for her that are ongoing, Mm -hmm. and she's learning. It's a slow process, but she's learning. Okay. And are you training Logan, or is Logan training you? A little bit of both, I think, (laughs) actually. Well, Tenny, give us the dates for the seminars you're doing again, because I think people should know more about what to do if you want to take care of your pet or your your cat, your dog, whatever it happens to be. These seminars are next week, uh, and they are on Tuesday evening, August 12th, at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven at 6.30 p.m., and on Thursday, August 14th at 6.30 p.m. in our office, which is located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. If you know where the Vanity Fair uh, shop is or the UMass School of Law, we are right across the street from both of those. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you would like more information uh, and want to know a little bit more in depth or possibly pick up some of the reports that uh, Tenny and Mike have to offer to you, Give them a call. They'll be happy to send you some reports, or they'll be happy to register you for one of their seminars. Very important. Everybody needs to do planning, even for our pets. And for some people, it's just as important as changing the passcodes on your credit cards and your bank accounts. These are important lessons for uh, today. 
And my most important word is to take some action and to do something. Um, I've, I meet with probably three or four people every week who tell me that they listen to the show every week. And Great. We really, truly do appreciate that. Uh, you can never learn enough about some of these important uh, subjects. So let me come back and ask you a couple of questions about uh, something a little bit related, a little bit unrelated. I know in a couple of weeks from now you're going to be doing a conference in Fairhaven, I believe, and that's going to be on what subject, Tenny? It's a specialized subject. Yes, it, it's not a conference. We're going to speak before a group, and it's a group of LGBT people who have formed as a sort of a subset of the Fairhaven Council on Aging. So we're very pleased to be able to go and speak with them about issues that may relate to this particular community, uh, concerns that they have about what their rights might be and how to protect uh, themselves and their loved ones and so forth. Well, life is just a lot more complicated today, but in some ways, I guess, Mike, things have become a little bit more equal for the... um, uh, gay, lesbian, transsexual, bigender community, haven't they? There was well, a Supreme Court case not long ago. Right, yeah, there was a court case, uh, U.S. v. Windsor, and in that case the, the court held that Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act, which defined a marriage as a union between a man and a woman, was unconstitutional as a violation of the Equal Protection Clause. So okay. now that that's happened, a lot of the uh, federal benefits that were available to opposite-sex couples are now available to same-sex couples. So what you're really saying is that estate planning is just as important for uh, individuals in that community as in the straight community. Right, exactly. Okay. Now, that was a fairly recent case, wasn't it? Was it just like a year ago? I think it was in 2012, 2013. Okay. And now what's happening is the uh, the, um, various states that have banned marriage between LGBT folks um, are now being challenged in their own Supreme Courts and will eventually all end up back probably at the U.S. Supreme Court. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, so I guess estate planning has always been important for everybody, but now there are some new ways you can think about planning. And I guess one of the impacts of that um, Supreme Court case, Mike, would it be that um, if you have a same-sex married couple they can now claim on each other's social security accounts. Right, true, and they would have tax benefits as well. One of the things that we do at Lance Law is we handle estate taxes, so that the spousal exemptions that relate to estate taxes could now come into play for same-sex couples, I think. Well, I've always said that uh, if you don't make arrangements to pay estate taxes, then you're just making Uncle Sam or the state of Massachusetts a beneficiary in your estate because... Really, if you do planning, nobody needs to pay estate taxes if you plan correctly. That's true. In Massachusetts, there's a $1 million exemption. The The federal exemption is $5.34 million, and there are ways to mm-hmm. handle assets so that... So it sounds like most people wouldn't have to worry about paying federal estate taxes because the exemption is very high, but I guess a lot of people ought to be concerned about whether they they might be paying Massachusetts estate tax. We do. We see a lot of people who come in the office and that maybe they don't even realize it, but their estates, their assets total more than a million dollars, and it includes their houses and their life insurance proceeds, any pensions or IRAs that they have. So it's fairly easy to get above that $1 million mark. You know, last week when we were preparing for this show and we were talking about the upcoming seminars you folks are doing, 
we talked about some of the basics like trust versus wills and the importance of powers of attorney and healthcare practices and things of that nature. All of those things are very important, but today I think we've added a few other wrinkles for people to think about, and that is you have to really be so careful today about how you use your credit cards and how you protect your passcodes and security. You have to be concerned about when you pass away, when you die, will your family be entitled to have access to your computer files, your digital photos, there's things you need to do to protect that. And, you know, frankly, if you don't want your spouse to have access to your email accounts or your passwords, maybe you ought to think twice about some of the things you're putting on your email accounts because um, that's something that's going to be discoverable at some point in time um, in any event. I thought you were going to say maybe you should think about divorce. <laughs> well, that comes naturally for people anyway. But um, I guess if you aren't careful, that could lead to divorce. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the message today is to take the steps to plan, take the time to do something. I always like to say take some action. Pick up the phone and make a call to... Lance Law, Mike Coleman. What number? 508 508- Nine nine eight 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 zero zero. We also have a toll-free number, 1-800-406-0100. And you can make a seminar reservation or you can request information. Any and all of the above, or we would love to meet with you. Uh, just a reminder, our initial consultations do not have a charge, um, so that's important to remember also. Well, I hope you've all learned something today. I enjoy learning new things myself, as I do every single time there are guests on this show. Thank you very much for being here, Mike and Tenny, and we look forward to having you back here again soon to talk about other topics. Thank you. We'd love to be here. And have a wonderful Sunday, and thank you again so much, Phil. And thank you all. Ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you listening to Money Wise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. And we invite you to join us again next Sunday morning at 8 o'clock here on WBSM. Until then, so long, everybody.